0: Welcome to Living For Him Podcast, where in every episode, you are invited to experience the joy of a life in Christ. I'm your host, CJ Cousins, and in today's episode, it is my prayer that the primary emphasis and goal of the following message is that you hear and respond to the good news about Jesus Christ and his kingdom. So whoever you are and wherever you are, thank you for joining us. I invite you to listen with an open heart subscribe for future episodes, and stay tuned for some next steps after this message. Enjoy. I'm so proud of our young people today, those that have ministered already in music, those that have ministered uh, in other capacities. I am blessed um, at our, with our pathfinders and with our high school and our academy. God is doing amazing things here. Amen. 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 You know, when I was growing up, I grew up in a musical home. Many of you remember when my mom came here not too long ago and she spoke and sang and all that. And um, in the home that I was raised in, my mother was, uh, as we used to call it back in the day, a singing evangelist. How many of you are familiar with what a singing evangelist is? Well, there would be these traveling preachers called evangelists. And when they would come into town, they would hire a singer someone really gifted and often someone that maybe did music full-time or maybe even part-time but they did it exceptionally well and they would hire my mother from time to time to come and sing at these what they called crusades which I'm glad they don't call that it that anymore because of its historical context but either way an evangelistic meeting where my mother would tag team with a preacher and she would sing And so I was raised in this environment with a preached word from the best preaching in our church from the best preaching in the world I grew up hearing that okay and I'm also going to be transparent and honest with you which I try to do anytime that I preach is that all right we're family um, honestly growing up I found church to be rather boring okay there wasn't a lot of people that that were like me my age upfront, leading out. It was it was really primarily the adults did their thing and there was something siloed off for you. If the program, we used to do this thing called AY, Adventist Youth Society, where we would have kind of our thing. But in my church, at least, it was usually run by the adults. And usually it was adult conversations that took place there. It was things that uh, adults wanted to talk about. And so for me, you know, The church was was great in terms of we got to eat together and fellowship, and my mom would travel sometimes and take me with her to sing, and and so that that was cool, but there was something about when the evangelists came to town. Because when the evangelists came to town, I don't know, something happened to our local church. It just caught fire. All of a sudden everybody's passionate about mission, everybody wants to see souls saved. People are inviting their co-workers, their friends, their neighbors, right? their dog even, right? No, I'm joking. And, they, and so they 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 are passionate about Christ, passionate about his mission and his message. And so that excited me, and that was common in my life growing up. And so when the preacher came and preached, you know, I mean, the singing, all of a sudden everybody that was just kind of just singing normally was electrified and 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 on fire and singing and seeing people night after night coming down, my mom would be singing the appeal song, people would come down as they traditionally did to the altar, to the front of the church and they would respond and in prayer and go into a room and make commitments and start Bible study if they haven't been doing it already. And so that was this kind of electric experience that I used to look forward to as a child. There was just something about it. There, there, There was this feeling of growth there was this feeling of mission. There was this passion for Christ. You came with your Bible, and if you didn't have one, somebody gave one to you. And by the end of the meeting, you owned one. Somebody's nodding because they've, they, they've experienced that. Yes, yeah? some of you maybe have joined the church through an experience like that. Now, in today's society and in our current location, that is very difficult. I, am, I, I, am still, I marvel sometimes. And that's okay, by the way, if we don't have the slides. It's perfectly fine. Okay? And I marvel sometimes when I think back. I say to myself, wow, like, we committed almost a month to this event. When I was growing up, I used to be in in, in northern uh, Fort Lauderdale area. That thing went two months. And I'm talking about you took one night off in the week. I mean, people brought their families, but there was just this hunger for the Word of God. And so if you can feel that, if you felt that, if you've experienced something like that, then you can understand how this church in Troas is now feeling, how this church in Troas is now feeling as the Apostle Paul now comes into town. Boy, you need to come and hear Pastor Paul preach. He has planted church after church. He used to be our church pastor, and he's coming into town, and we hear that he's talking about this is his last journey. And so if you ever want to, you may not get an opportunity like this again. And so you need to come and hear the word of God preached by Pastor Paul. They go into this, what is more than likely an apartment-like building, Three stories. up must have been a really just large open space where people could actually sit. They broke bread. They ate together. And Paul preached. Now, I love some good preaching, do you? Yeah. I love to hear the word preached. I get excited. Sometimes my wife and I on Friday night, we are, quote unquote, having church. You know, sometimes on our way, we're getting excited about Jesus. On the way, just pumped up about the word of God, right? Well, let me tell you something, and I've been guilty of preaching long in my experience but I'm sorry, I don't care how good the preacher is. If they preach until midnight, I think I'm about to pack up and, and, and head on home. Even if it is Paul. Okay? But oh man, they, they, they were hungry, they stayed. Now people, as you kind of get there into the first few verses, some people like to debate as to whether or not this was the first mention of Christian worship service uh, happening on a Sunday. Okay? Very few texts in the Bible ever bring anything out about Sunday, particularly any kind of like consistent regular type of Sunday worship gathering. But here's something we need to understand about the early church and their experience, right? Okay, so in the early church, they gathered, according to the book of Acts, particularly Acts chapter 2, every day. They loved to be in community. They loved to be in fellowship. Okay? So they ate together. They had meals together. I like to say food is evangelistic. They ate together, they prayed together, they continued, as the Bible lets us know, to continue to set aside the seventh day of the week as date day for God, holy day, Sabbath day, right? So they continued that, but they got together on Monday sometimes, on Tuesday, on Sunday, and when you read the text, it kind of lets you know that actually it was probably Saturday evening, because biblically, the biblical reckoning of time is from sunset to sunset, at evening begins the next day, unless you're going by a more Roman standard time, which would have been midnight. So when Luke is letting us know that that preaching sermon went all the way to midnight, it's letting you know that they've probably been listening to Paul preach from before sunset. This has been hours of preaching and teaching. And Paul, you can probably feel his passion. This is probably going to be the last time I talk to this church. I need them to understand how to be successful in mission. They need to keep the gospel central. I need to root them and make sure there's some things that they understand biblically. And I also need to make sure that they are passionate about disciple-making, about the mission. He's got a lot to say. And then something tragic happens. I want you to come with me now to verse verse number 9. Because in verse 8, Luke, who's the author of not only the Gospel of Luke, but he's also the the author of uh, Acts. It was a two-volume set historically. So it was Luke-Acts, the continuation of the Jesus story, but in his community now, okay? And so in in verse 8, Luke is giving us some details here, and he's setting us up for what's about to happen next. He says that it was on the third floor. He says that it was there was a lot of lamps that were up there in that upper room, okay? He's letting you know that as you got a crowd full of people all the way into the night with lamps burning, that room can get pretty stuffy. Would you agree? It can get pretty stuffy in there, right? And so here's what happens in verse number nine. It says this. And in a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus, Eutychus, who was sinking into a deep sleep. Let everyone say deep sleep. Say deep sleep. Deep sleep. Yes. He was overcome by sleep. And as Paul continued speaking, he fell down from the third floor and was taken up dead. And by the way, Luke, in this one uh, passage of scripture, he's telling this story. He repeats that, that, that Paul uh, kept speaking and preaching on and on. He says it three times, by the way. So it's like a little jab at Paul. Like, okay, okay, Paul. We can wrap it up now, Paul. They got enough, right? Hopefully nobody has to do that to me this morning. Come on, Pastor CJ. We got to eat, right? No. This young man, Eutychus, is sitting by the window. No, no doubt, he's there because it's so hot and stuffy, he wants to kind of get some fresh air. Now, this is a window large enough for a person, their whole body to fall through. You follow? And so as, as they're there, I have a question. Did nobody see this young man sitting at the window? Anybody see that? Have you ever asked that question? I mean, it was a crowd full of people. Did nobody look and see that there, was, there there's a young man at this window? But maybe they were so caught up in hearing Pastor Paul. Come on, preach, Pastor Paul. Yes. I don't know if I'm going to get this again. Maybe maybe they were so, so caught up in just doing church, right, that they missed someone. I was about to fall down dead. You see, could it be, could it be that when it comes to our young people, we are so accustomed to doing church as usual that we miss the fact that some of them, who may be in the room, have one foot here, but maybe they're somewhere else. And they are Hopefully not literally falling asleep. Hopefully nobody's falling asleep right now. But maybe spiritually? Maybe they're falling? Or maybe they're dead spiritually? Can we be so caught up? Hey, they're here! They're in in Pathfinders. They're in Adventurers. But do you see them? Do you really see them? I, I can see some of you here as I come, you know, to worship and I get to know names and get to smile. Happy Sabbath. But this is really just one kind of glimpse into my entire week. You know, this, you can't form really genuine, deep community just in a worship experience. I mean, you can celebrate community. You can celebrate mission. You can celebrate Jesus. But really deep community comes when we enter into relationship. You know, when you kind of really know someone. You know, have you ever seen this guy? Have you ever seen this guy? Have you ever been this guy? You're in worship service? Yeah, yes, yes. Come on, preach it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, yes. Yeah, uh, that song. Woo! Carry him, carry me upon his shoulders. Yes, yes, yes. Have you been that person? Have you been there? Is that you now? I have definitely been that person. Okay? Uh, Even after my baptism, I still kind of found church a little boring, just to be honest with you. One of the main reasons why is because I felt like a spectator. You know, I was just—I was there to show up. Mom, and mom was maybe traveling every now and then, but I was just kind of just—I wasn't involved. I mean, yes, I was involved here and there. I went to the programs, but not really like, hey, I got this idea and I want to see this happen for the kingdom and and just kind of like owning that thing, right? You know, there's a there's a statement. I love this by uh, Dr. Stan Patterson from Andrews University, one of our seminaries, and uh, he's well, our seminary. He said this. He said. He said, "People rarely commit to what they don't create. Think about that. People rarely commit to what they don't create, what they don't, what they not, what they don't own. All right? They they, have, they don't help create what this thing looks like. They're expected to be present and commit. But is it in, has it internalized? And it typically internalizes when they help." Create some aspect of it. Can we get so caught up in our preferences, in our experience, and how we came into the church, and how we experienced Jesus, that we miss the person that may not have that experience? We're living in a social media generation. That's just a fact. We're connected through the internet globally. Do you know that this current generation, of millennials and now the uh, generation Z coming up, do you guys understand that culturally around the world, there is, there is increasingly becoming a global culture? There's the unique nuances of our own specific culture, but generally speaking, millennials across the globe that have access to a device have very much in common today. You guys know that? Yeah, yeah are we speaking to them do we understand them or do we simply say hey we've got something for you can you please get involved and join and it may be a very good thing please don't misunderstand me okay it may be a very good thing look let's look at this guy eutychus we can celebrate the fact that he was there Mm -hmm. amen come on we've got some great people some great young people in the church right they're there. They're active. They're involved. We celebrate them, right? Hey, at least he's not out there. Come on, ease up, Pastor CJ. Give him some credit. He was at church. He went to go hear Pastor Paul preach. A to the men, right huh? But you know, did anybody notice that maybe he had one foot? Maybe he's kind of sitting on the on the window, and he's got one foot out in the church, but he's got another foot out there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Do you know, him? was anybody, did, where was this, did he have any friends, parents? Did anybody know him so that, that was sitting next to him and then could, could see? Or were they just totally caught up on, on doing church? Right? See, I want, I want us to wrestle with this thing here, guys, because this kid was taking up, taken up dead. Dead. How can we go through the motions and have anyone among us spiritually dead? How does that happen? How do you go through all of the activities? How do you go through all of the Bible experience and all A. Y. if you had that growing up? How do you go through Sabbath school, all of that Jesus and Bible, and still end up asleep, falling, or dead? I want to ask you a question. Say "ouch" if you can't say "amen." Could it be that some of them are are falling? or have, or 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 are dying spiritually because we need to be awakened spiritually because we need to resurrect and sometimes the world look more interesting than church now when i read this bible i think they need to go here because the best story and the action and the drama and the reality tv is right in here but sometimes we don't communicate it that way we don't look, maybe on, maybe on Sabbath we do, but do you know that real church happens throughout the week before you come to the worship service? Real worship, the real picture of Christ that they see, believe me, is coming from the house. It is coming from the home. Psychologists will tell you, when they are talking with people about the present issues that they have, particularly as adults, they have to go back to the childhood. There is a direct connect between your picture of God, your experience with God, and what you experience as a child, particularly in the home. And sometimes what we've got to do, family, is take that uncomfortable but long necessary look in the mirror. Because it could be that we don't see them. See, you see, you see that when the vitality of a relationship with Jesus and love is flowing in and through you through a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's contagious. It can't be coerced or forced. It's contagious. I'm passionate about Jesus, man, because when I get around you, you are life-giving. I, just to something about you. Just, I, I, I want that, right? Yeah, the Word made flesh. In and through you. All right. So this experience now wakes up this church in Troas quite readily. What was happening was interrupted. Preaching had to stop, right? Let's go to verse 10. The Bible says, and in, excuse me, yeah, verse verse 10. But Paul went down, fell on him, and embracing him said, do not trouble yourselves, for his life is in him. Can somebody say amen? amen? You see, what Paul, as I'm, as I'm just wrestling here with Paul for a second, I've just, you know, when I'm here preaching, I see everything. And I'm sure when Pastor Gary's here, we see it all. We see, we see if, you're, if you're on your phone, if you're following, if you're nodding your head like, come on, preacher. Or we can see if you are talking, right? We can pretty much see everything on the balcony, if you're on your phone, we can see all that, right? Somebody was on their cell phone and just went, oh, put that thing away, talking about me. Wake up. Wake up. All right. So, so we can see it all. So I'm saying to myself, as Paul is preaching, did Paul not see this young man? How did Paul feel when this guy fell dead in the middle of his evangelistic preaching? Now, can you feel Paul now as he's running down from the third floor? What's going through his mind? Is this how this story's going to end in Troas? How how are the unbelievers going to receive this? You serve a a, a risen Savior, right? But you've got somebody dead right here during your preaching. Oh, um, This kid represents the future of our, the present and future of the church. How can I allow the present and future of the church to be dead? I am certain when he got down there, he whispered a prayer, Jesus. It's not recorded there in the text. Jesus, would you please, because Paul is a physician. Not Paul, excuse me, Luke. Luke is a physician. And so he says in the previous verse, this young man was taken up dead. Somebody may read verse 10 and go, maybe he wasn't really dead. No, Luke is a physician. He knows this thing. And he says, no, this kid was taken up dead. And so when Paul goes down there and he, he embraces him because he has the precedent of Elijah and Elisha. If you are familiar with the Bible story, you'll understand that they did very much what Paul just did. He falls down this young man. He embraces him. Hello, somebody. And the young man resurrects to life. I want to tell you today, family, oh Lord, there's good news in this story. You see, if you want to see the dead come to life, we need to embrace them. We need to embrace them. Family, do you think when Paul ran down there, he said, let me see if this kid's got some piercings before I do anything here. Let me see if he's got a tattoo. All the... I don't know if we want that music up in this church. I don't know about that. Because, you know, we resurrect him. He's going to want to be a part of this. I don't know. What is the dress code? How much Bible? Can he be baptized? Do you think that was what Paul was wrestling with? No, Dead. This is an emergency. The service interrupted. Status quo. Dashed. We have an emergency. Do you guys know that more than 70% of the young people in raised in the church in North America are leaving the church? It is an exodus. This is a crisis. Wake up! Is what Jesus is saying here. This young guy named Eutychus represents a massive amount of people right now in the, in the world, maybe on your job, that are called the nuns, right? Or, or, or they now are claiming the secular. Or I don't have any affiliation. I'm just spiritual. They don't want to affiliate with what you gave them. That's the truth, family. I love you. But that's the truth. They don't want what you are presenting. So if we embrace them... Without judgment. If we, if we love the tax collector, I think somebody did that. If we, if we love the prostitute, I think somebody did that. If we love the publican, I don't know, I just think love is life-giving. Don't you? Do you feel that way? Do you know science is catching up with the Bible, by the way? You can go Google it right now if you want. No, you're supposed to be listening to the preacher. Science is catching up. With the bible they're discovering that when when a person experiences other-centered life-giving love it literally creates a a vitalizing current throughout their body holistically mentally spiritually relationally right emotionally they are they come alive but the reverse is true when people experience trauma or anything other than love growing up they are more prone to disease right and death Love is life giving. Life giving. Central to the gospel, central to the Seventh day Adventist message is the love of God revealed in Christ, revealed in you to the world. And by the way, they need to see it before they hear it, they need to feel it before they know it. Paul, he can embrace this young man. You see, oh, family. They did a, I was going to show this to you guys on the screen, they did some research, and they, this sermon title is actually coming from a book called Growing Young. Pastor Gary and I sat through some presentations on this, some research that they did Fuller the Theological Institute, their youth institute did some research and they came up with six core things that literally as they surveyed a large sample of, of 18 to 29 year olds primarily and they told them what they're looking for from church and you'd be surprised the results it's not what you think it's not so much entertainment now it doesn't mean that they don't want to experience a life-giving worship experience Do you, are you hearing what i'm saying family yes we're not you know be alive yes but They don't want to be entertained. You know what they want? Relationships. They want us to take the message of Jesus seriously. Show us how to live the gospel. How to love my neighbor. Oh, I hope somebody is hearing this today. Give us keychain leadership. What does that mean? Keychain leadership is, you know how sometimes a janitor or someone of import or has authority or access in an organization has keys? They have access to rooms, you follow? They're saying, give us access to decision-making and create and creating initiatives. Let us own this. Don't tell us we're the church of tomorrow. Because for you, that may mean when I'm 40, I can make a decision. I can be a part of the board. I can make decisions on what happens in mission in our local church. No, can you make me a Joshua under you, Moses? And give me some decision-making. Give me some access. Help me not only be a part of the ministry and not just siloed all ministries, right? I may have the gift of in other areas or we don't have it. Can I create it? That's what they're telling us. That's what the generation is saying to us. And there's a few other things, but those are the main things that stood out. Um, and so, so what we need to do, family, is embrace them. As they are. Did you notice it says that Paul stepped down and he went to where he was on the bottom. He went from the third floor to the bottom. We, we need to go down to where they are. If they're dead on the ground, we need to go to the ground. If they're out there, we need to go out there. Find them. Love them in. Oh, but there's one more thing as I close now. And I, I know we have our junior deacons in place they may be getting ready, or our praise to you know, our singers may want to get to get ready. But here's what I want to tell you: I want you to capture this scene, family. You think when, when they came back in, Paul he cried out. He said he said, "His life is in him. He's alive. He's not dead." Do you think when they came back in that they all said, "Oh, praise God! Oh, that's, praise the Lord, Paul! I uh, just want just the Worse, we're good. Let's listen to the study. Paul continued preaching. Do you think that's what happened? Oh, family, I love what Ellen White says. Oh, she does not, she does not hold back. Oh no, she says, she says in Acts of the Apostles, she says, they began to rejoice. Now that's a really nice, good Seventh-day Adventist Christian Bible word. Do you know what that word means? Rejoice. Do you know that rejoice is an action word? They do it still today down there by the temple when I went down by the Western Wall, the, the, the Wailing Wall. Rejoice is to literally celebrate by moving around in a circle, leaping up and down. Some translations in your Bible will even say dancing. Hello. God forbid. They do it on the Sabbath. We're not talking about that type of dancing out there. No, come on, family. Holy in the presence of God. Thank you, Jesus, like Miriam after they crossed the Red Sea. They broke out in celebration. Do you think they they allowed him to go over there by that window anymore? No. Oh, he's now. What do you think Paul preached about after a resurrection? Hello, he's got an illustration now for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Oh, family, here's a third point I want you to get. When the young come to life, after you've embraced them, the whole church comes to life. The whole church wakes up. When you put young people on the front lines of mission, when you give them access, when you say, own this, this is your church, we're going to mentor you. They don't just want to be left out there to the wolves. We're going to mentor you and show you how to do this thing, and then you show us some new ways to do this thing. We've got some songs. You've got some songs. Songs come from experience with Jesus. So the Bible often says, sing a new song unto the Lord. Why? Have you had a new experience with Jesus? then sing a new song unto the Lord. But we need the older songs as well because we need their experience. You need both. See, one of the things they also said in this research is they want interconnected, intergenerational relationships. They don't just want, oh, it's just all about us. And oh, it's just all about everybody else. No. They want to see the body of Christ interconnected. I need your story. I'm a young single. Tell me about marriage tell me about kids i don't have anybody to talk to that about everybody is my age and we're all trying to figure it out the whole church is vitalized when we empower young people we grow young when we empower our young people do you think military do you think they put their 50 and plus year olds out on the front lines of mission we've got someone that's a veteran what would happen brother Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would happen on a football team if they took people like me and older, right? I got some salt and pepper going, right? Yeah. So what would happen if that happened? What do you think they... What would happen? Yeah. How old was John when Jesus called him? He was 16, 17 years old, scholars say. He lived to be about... He lived up until 100 A.D. when he wrote on the Isle of Patmos, the Revelation. Jesus understood that you need the young and you need to release them into ministry, but you need to disciple them. You need to mentor them. You need to pull back. Look, watch me do it. You join me as I do it. And then now you do it. I watch, I coach, and then I kind of pull back and celebrate what God is doing. I need to, I as a pastor and you as a congregation and even leaders, you need to be working yourself out of a job. Give it to them as soon as they're ready and you've trained them. You should always have somebody coming behind you that you're training. Come on, you always have to have your Joshua. We're closing. We're closing. Where are my singers? We're closing. Where are my deacons? Hello. We've got some junior deacons right now that are going to serve you and minister to you. But here's what I want to challenge you with. Come come with me real quick as we close. um, uh, John chapter 24. John chapter 24. Because John is telling us, this is teenager John, right? But now he's a little bit older. But he says this in John chapter 5. He's he's quoting this this experience with Jesus. He says in John chapter 5, Verse 24, Jesus is speaking, and Jesus says, if you're not there, just listen. He says, most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word, he who hears my what? And believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Is some kind of, is hoping to expect it at some point in the future, maybe when Jesus comes. No, in the present. If you have faith in Christ in his word, you have everlasting life or eternal life, because eternal life and everlasting life is a person, it's Jesus. And shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Somebody today wants to pass from death to life. Maybe it's a young person in here today. You want to pass from death to life. You don't just want to go through the motions as we get ready to close up Earth's history. Before Jesus comes, you need to go from death. Our churches need to go from death to life. It will happen, by the way, whether we are part of it or not. And so we need to pass from death to life. If you want to go from death to life, maybe just in your walk with Jesus, I want to invite you right now, as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to invite you right now, in your heart, to make that commitment to Jesus. Maybe you're watching online or if this is recorded later, I want you to get in contact with us, please. You wanna pass from death to life. That happens when you believe on Jesus. If you are here, we are very intentional here. We wanna see you grow as a follower of Jesus. Would you raise your hand, a young person, an older person? You say, I want to respond, CJ, and we have deacons ready with cards. They can go ahead and minister to you, give you that. You fill it out, tell us and indicate, I want to get baptized, or I want to follow you," I want to recommit, whatever it is. We want to help you. Raise your hand, please, if that is you. Would you please, we have someone right, we have three in the back over there, please. Please, right there, please. Is there anyone else maybe on this side, please? You want to go from death to life. We're not going to hold that. On the balcony, please. Anybody? Anybody, please. Don't miss the opportunity, family. Okay? Family, let's bow our heads. You want to pass from death to life. It's not in Pastor CJ or Pastor Gary or someone that's super knowledgeable about the Bible. It's your humble heart coming to Jesus with the Word of God. Your head is bowed, every eye is closed. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you so much, Lord, for showing us that we don't have to remain in a state of slumber. We don't have to remain in a state of continually falling into sin. Father, we don't have to remain in a position of death, spiritual decay. No, Father, we can be vitalized. We can come to life. Father, this church was made to go faster than this. This church was made to be more uh, fully alive in Christ. And when I say this church, I mean corporately, Father. I mean, around the world, Father. Time is wrapping up. And so, Father, would you please wake us up? Oh, make us pass from death to life. Yes, individually, but corporately, a manifestation of Jesus. Somebody here today, Father, uh, raises their hand right now. If you have not received a card and you need one, please raise your hand at this point. One of our young deacons will go ahead and minister to you and give you that. If you're here, Jesus, we pray right now that you would draw near. Oh, lead this person, whoever it is, maybe it's all of us in some way, to pass from death to life. Would you help us, Jesus? To have the assurance of our salvation in you. Let us not leave here, Father, without that commitment. We thank you. In Jesus' name, let everyone say, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to Living For Him Podcast. I pray that you were blessed by this message and that you experienced the good news of the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. I'd like to personally invite you to respond to this good news and take the next steps in following Jesus by clicking the prompt in the description. I've also created a resource to help you experience the joy of a close relationship with Jesus called the Life in Christ Daily Devotional Journal. If you'd like to experience jesus daily watch the good news of his story unfold throughout scripture and do this as a weekly small group gathering then get your copy today in print or ebook by clicking the link in the description living for him exists to tell the story of jesus for the equipping of healthy disciple makers who extend his reign of love if you'd like to support the further development of this exciting ministry then I encourage you to become a monthly supporter by also clicking the link in the description. Your support is greatly appreciated. You're also invited to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, subscribe to this podcast, and subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting our website at livingforhim.tv. Lastly, we kindly ask that you write us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast platform you're listening to us on, and share this podcast with your friends. I look forward to meeting you here again in our next episode, where our desire is that you experience the joy of life in Christ. Once again, I'm CJ Cousins, and I'm living for him.